This podcast is brought to you by The City Church in Mississauga, Ontario. For more information, please visit thecitychurch.ca. We hope you are encouraged by this message from our lead pastor, Frank Coulter. Good morning again. We are in week three of a series that we've called Family Values, and we are just looking at what it means to be part of the family of God, in other words, part of the church, that God has created us and gifted us to be part of this local family of believers called the church, that we experience a relationship with God as individuals, that we experience salvation as an individual, but then God calls us into this thing called his family or the church or his body. And so we as individual Christ followers are never supposed to be off on our own, uh, never gathering together. That's what it means to be part of the church. Jesus said that he is building his church. And one of the definitions of the word church means um, the gathering together of a people for a purpose. In other words, getting together. There's a reason that we get together as a church family. Great things happen when we get together as the church. And so, you know, when I was young growing up in the church, I wasn't so much convinced of this idea that gathering together was that important or that necessary. Sometimes I got bored with church and different things like that. But the older I've gotten, I've really seen the benefits and the wonderful things that can happen in church. But I've also seen, as I'm sure you, if you've been part of a church, sometimes there's difficulties at church. And the reason that there's difficulties at church is that there's people there. But you know that there's people everywhere. Do you ever have trouble at the mall? Why do you have trouble at the mall in the parking lot? Because people are driving cars. Why do you have trouble on your job? Because you're, you're, you're managed by people and people work for you. So different things like that. So we, and it's the same way at church. There's people there. And so sometimes, you know, it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. But the benefits far outweighs the, the difficulties. And then we have to look at this thing from the scripture that God emphasizes certain values to us as part of his family, as part of the church. And I've been saying this, we need to move beyond our preferences. All of us have an image. If you've grown up in church or been part of another church, let's say, we all have very specific ideas what church means. When you meet, how often you meet, how the building should look, what you should do, what the program should be, how the pastor should dress, what the song should sound like, what the stage should look like, decorate a, a thousand different things. And we think all of these things are church. And in a sense, they are because we've experienced them. But um, the things that we see in the scripture for us as the family of God or the church transcend those things. Those are just things that we have preference to. I like this. I don't like this. Those aren't the things that are values in the scripture um, that God emphasizes for us as part of his family. So that's what we want to look at, at in this series is what are the things that God values so we can value the same things because we don't want to put our preferences above God's values, do we? Because our values, if you think about, let's say, let's just consider the church from 100 years ago and then maybe 100 years before that and then 100 years before that, all of those people from all of those different centuries would have different preferences for church. And if we make all of church about a fight of preferences, then we'll never actually get to the values and the things that are really important for God. So we're just emphasizing this idea, church as a family or God's um, body as a family. We have on our, our doors, our front doors of our church, and then the video that starts our service, it says, welcome home. 
And that's what we want because ultimately you're comfortable at home. Uh, the place that you call home or you're getting comfortable there if you bought a new house, that you're getting more and more comfortable. And why? Because that's what, that's what it feels like to be home. And that's what we want church to feel like. If this is your church home, we want it to feel more and more like home. We want it to be more and more comfortable for you as you gather together with the family of God. And then also, this is not a closed family. We invite people all the time to join our family, to join um, based on this decision to follow Jesus. Jesus is my Savior, so we gather under the banner of the risen Christ, and then we call ourselves the family of God. So we want to value the things that are important to God. So let's just read here in John chapter 1, verse 12. It says, But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become the children of God. So once again, the church, the family of God, the body of Christ, all synonymous terms that Jesus is the head of the body of Christ. He is the head of the church. He is the big brother in the family of God. And so this is what we see, this, this family idea that Jesus called God Father. So we would operate together. And when we get together, the church is not a building. The church is people. So when we get together, we're having a family reunion every Sunday. We're getting together and we're enjoying each other, enjoying God. So in the scripture, in the New Testament, Jesus calls God Father. The church is called the Bride of Christ. We are children through adoption. We are children through birth. We are members of God's household. We are assembly. We are the assembly of the firstborn. All of these are family references. So what we've talked about so far in this series is the week one we just talked about that God has done something for us. We have this great identifying principle in Christ. And partly what I said is that once we understand what that identifying principle is, that Christ has done something for us, that on the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. In other words, our salvation is finished. Our separation from God is finished. And God has made a way for us to have a relationship with him through Christ. And this should make us joyful that we have a relationship with God and then our eternity in God is set forever. This should make us glad and it should be our disposition because we know that truth that we should be happy and glad individuals. And because we are happy and glad individuals, it should be easy for us to get together. And then last week we talked about love, that Jesus wants the identifying principles for those that say they are his followers, his disciples. He wants the identifying thing to be love. And we said this phrase that Jesus wants us to be famous for love. So if you missed either of those messages and you're part of this church family, this is a great series to make sure that you listen uh, to this series so we're all on the same page. That message is available on our website, through our podcast, and you can also uh, listen, listen through our church app. So we're going to be moving on um, to something else this morning. Now, I don't, I don't know you for sure. I might not have met you. But if you have any measure of affinity for our church, for us as a family gathering together, for sure one of the things that I know that you like about church, and I'm not a mind reader, but one of the things that I know for sure that you like about church is the people that volunteer here. That when you show up to gather together on a Sunday morning, there's somebody at the door with a smile on their face greeting you and saying hi to you. And if you have children, you love this church. Because you go and we've got a secure area, but then you can see in the windows and there's a secure check-in and there's people there to receive your children so you can sit in this room peacefully for an hour or so 
and have someone else love on and bless your children. You can sit in this room and worship God and hear the word of God. And I know for sure that people that have children love this church. And so what makes one of the great things about this church family or any church family is the people that volunteer at that church. And we have a huge number of volunteers here at the church. We have around 200 people who volunteer here on a regular basis from many different areas and facets. And in fact, yes, let's actually, let's have them all stand. So if you, if you volunteer anywhere here at the city church, could you just stand up this morning? Come on, don't be shy. Tayo, I'm glad I could give you that extra moment to stretch. And so we have a huge group of people here who volunteer. Why? Because they're part of the family. Because we're putting on a party every Sunday here at the church, celebrating the resurrection of Jesus, putting on a party. Now, if you have a party at your home, what happens at your home? You're getting ready, right? Because there's people coming. Now, if you have people coming at 8, you don't start getting ready at 7.59, or you shouldn't. You start getting uh, your house ready and the kitchen ready and the food ready. You're starting preparing. And if you have children of age who can actually function and with, you know, cleaning tools and these are wonderful things, what do you do? You're like, hey, grab this moon, grab this, this, this broom, moon, grab this broom, grab this vacuum cleaner. Uh, I need you in the kitchen to do this. Why? Because the family comes early and gets ready for the party. And then who stays late? to clean up after the party, the family. And this is what church is like. The people that are getting ready for the party, man, we're coming early. Why? Because people are coming over. People are gathering together and then people stay, family stays late to help clean up. And that's what happens when people volunteer at church. Just part of the family. You're saying, man, I'm part of the family. I'm coming early. I'm going to stay late and I'm going to be joyful about it. And I'm talking about volunteering today. Now, as, as we're going to look at, I'm going to give you a bunch of scriptures. And I'm going to talk about serving and all these different things. And if you, so this is, as I always say, this, this church is a guilt-free zone. I, I'm not trying to make anybody feel guilty today, but I am going to ask some people, some people who have never volunteered before, I'm going to ask you to volunteer, but I'm not asking you from guilt. All right, so are we clear on that? Two things that we're going to be talking about today is we're going to be celebrating as I'm talking about volunteering and, and serving here at church, man, we're going to be celebrating and we're going to be thankful for the people who serve here at our church. And we're going to see some qualities in them from the scripture. And then the other thing that I'm going to be doing is that some of you that do call the city church uh, your church home and you aren't yet volunteering, I am going to do my best to inspire you. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. Inspiration is better than guilt. Wouldn't you agree? And listen, I get it. Sometimes the season of life you're in, it just makes it impossible for you to volunteer, to set some time aside. So don't take any guilt, condemnation, shame. That's not my goal today. But if maybe if you've ever thought about the possibility today, I'm trying to push you over the line. If you've ever been grateful for the people that watch your kids and city kids, parents, and you don't yet volunteer and city kids, and you looked at them through the glass, and you were grateful for them, I want someone to look through the glass at you and be grateful for you that you are serving them and you are serving their children. So I'm trying to inspire you today. All right, so we're all on the same page. 
Scripture says there is no condemnation, so I have no condemnation today. But we're going to look at this principle because it is a really good principle from the Scripture. And actually, the principle that we're going to be talking about today, serving, is something that infects our nation in a very good way. Do you know that our nation has been founded on biblical principles? People can argue this, but it is true. That we have in our nation, we have something called public servants. And I'm just going to take a moment just right now to say, hey, we all have the privilege of speaking as a Canadian right now, not as a Christian. We all have a wonderful privilege in our province this week to vote. Everybody, if you are of age and you are an eligible voter, you should vote. It is a wonderful blessing that we can pick up a Sharpie and not a gun or a sword. That we have the peaceful transfer of power in our nation. We should not take it for granted. And you can't be like, well, I don't like any of the candidates. Get over yourself. Find some values in there that you like and vote for that person. All right? You know, it, it, it's amazing. It, see, we, we're, we're, we're so spoiled in our nation. I have two people um, in the neighborhood that I'm living in who side by side have two different parties that they're voting for. And I know because they both have the biggest signs available on their lawn. But they're neighbors. Neither of them has burned each other's house down. They can live peacefully side by side with different political ideologies. It's an amazing thing. A big part of the world doesn't have this opportunity. So take the opportunity and vote. All right, back to Christian thinking. Here we go. So we have some actually wonderful opportunities. We don't call call them jobs. We call them wonderful opportunities for you to serve here at the church. You already saw this great group that's that's volunteering at the church, but we have some more opportunities. It's about 40 opportunities that we have, and it's all different areas. And so between our two services, 20 people to to volunteer in the first service, 20 people to volunteer in the second service. Man, this is so easy for us to accomplish. And it's going to be, let me just give you some of the areas in which we have these great opportunities. Are you ready? (laughs) So two things that we're doing, we're celebrating the people that are already volunteering. And then, man, we're going to inspire some people to volunteer. So we actually only need one greeter. Can you believe this? We have so many people on our greeting team that we actually only need one person to greet. And what are the capabilities that we need for greeters? You got to put out your hand. You got to smile at somebody. Welcome somebody to church. Man, this is not a difficult task. Now, let me just talk for a second again about our volunteers because we're celebrating them. We have, you know, a couple different times a year we have put on things for pastors here at the church. And then some of our volunteers who are able to come during the day, they come and they serve. And every time we put on one of these events, for sure, pastors will come up to me and say, man, your volunteers are so amazing. And I wholeheartedly agree with them. I know they are. They're amazing. But let's, let's ask the question, what makes our volunteers so amazing? Is it that they are gifted? I mean, I think that's part of the equation. But the the reality is that everybody's gifted. Everybody has gifts and talents from God. But what makes volunteers at our church or any church so amazing is that they say yes to volunteer. 
And they decide to be faithful with their gifts and use them to serve in the context of the local family. And like I said, we have this principle. This principle works everywhere. This principle we have, like I was when we got off on the voting thing, we have public servants. In other words, people who serve, who we vote into power, they're supposed to serve you. The MPP coming up in your riding is supposed to serve the constituents in his or her riding. That's the purpose. What, are the, what is the, one of the mottos for the police? Somebody who has authority and somebody who has power in the region. They're supposed to serve and protect. So these biblical principles are in the context of our society. That people that have power and ability, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to serve. And so once again, that what makes the volunteers at our church and any church so great is they decided to use their gifts and talents and be faithful with those gifts and talents and to serve at the church. Now, we should serve at home and we should serve on the job, even though we're getting paid. If you are a business owner, what's going to make your business better? If every employee that you have takes on a servant mentality that we are here to serve our customers that will make your place of work better. And it is something that makes a church better when we decide to serve. So we only need one greeter. We need five or six ushers. Now, here's a couple different places where you're actually you're here in this room. You're not necessarily missing out on anything. And so it's, this opportunity is that way. We need a couple of people to help out in the connect bar. We need four people who are good at taking photos. Now, I'm not talking about with your phone. If you actually have a little bit of knowledge of photography and then maybe you have a good camera that you already use, you know, you don't have to use your camera. We have a camera that you can use, but we need about four people that can help us with pictures. And this is something coming up. We're actually going to start um, selling some T-shirts that we're going to have made for us as a church family. We need about four or five people to help us to sell those items. And we need four people that can help us with shooting videos. Sometimes we shoot videos. And so if, if you have some abilities, generally we have some young people that can do that. That could shoot video. Now, I mentioned already city kids. Now, we need 10 adults. Everybody say adults. We need about 10 adults in city kids. Now, this is super easy. This is the easiest one. Now, the reason I'm saying adults is we have a lot of kids, a lot of young people serving in city kids, which is awesome and it's fantastic and we love them. We're so glad our young people are serving. But there's something, there's a different level of orderliness that parents can bring to a room of children. Can I get an amen? amen? So, 10 adults is super easy. That's five couples. So, husband and a wife team that you already have kids and city kids. You guys can serve in the same service and just be there. And you can arrive at the same time and leave at the same time. You don't necessarily have to serve in the class that your kids are in. Or if you want to, you can do that. Um, but... That's super easy. Five couples to help us to serve in city kids. We need about five or six people to help us in junior high. Middle school is a huge, important season of a young person's life. So we need about five or six adults to help us in that area to serve with our junior high students in the morning. Production. If you don't like people, we've got some technology for you to use. I'm just joking, guys. I'm not saying you don't like people. But if you're more of a tech person than you are a people person, we have awesome technology for you to use and to play with here at the church. So if you are uh, more on that tech side, we need, a, we need a person in projection and then we need another person to help us in lighting. On our worship team, aren't you thankful for our worship team? 
So good. <clears throat> and what's great about our worship team, you know, Wesley, who sang, who led us in glory to glory this morning over, over here. You know, he is second generation volunteer here at the City Church. So Wesley volunteers because he saw his parents volunteer. Just putting that out there for the parents. <laughs> and then these instruments. If you can play any of these instruments well. Well, I'm going to add the word well. If you just started lessons, I love you, but it's not time yet to be on our stage. If you can play any of these instruments well, we would love to have you um, part of our worship team. All right, so let's look at the scripture. You ready to look at the scripture this morning? All right, let's turn to Mark chapter 10. (coughs) So what are we doing as we look at this? We're celebrating and then we're inspiring people to get involved with our volunteer team. So Mark chapter 10, this is a story about Jesus and his disciples. And it says, And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. Now, this sounds like a question that your children would say, Dad, I want to tell you something, but you can't get mad. Don't ever say that to me. (laughs) And he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? Verse 37. And they said to him, Grant us to sit one at your right hand and one on your left in your glory. So these two brothers, what do they want? They wanted places of power, right? They wanted to be in charge. And see, if you think about the Jesus disciples at this point, they didn't necessarily understand about Jesus' plan, yet even though he told them multiple times that he was going to die and come back from the dead, when they thought about Jesus setting up his kingdom, they thought he was going to set up a kingdom and he would be a king, a physical king with borders and an army and different things like that. And so what they're saying is, Jesus, when you become king of Israel, we want to be on your right side and we want to be on your left. In other words, we actually, we want to be in charge with you, Jesus. We want to have power. Spoken by someone who doesn't actually have power. Because if you ever actually do raise uh, up to a place of responsibility or a, a place of maybe where you have a title that you're in charge of something, the first thing that you realize when you get to that place is more about responsibility than it is about the title. The title is actually irrelevant. When you have a place of power, when you have a place of authority, the responsibility side should be the thing that you think about more. Ah, I'm this and I'm the president and I'm in charge now. And so this is what Jesus is dealing with in the context of his disciples. Hey, Jesus, put us in charge with you. And this, you know, they said, this is what we want you to do for us, Jesus. He said to them, verse 38, you don't know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? And they said to him, we are able. And Jesus said to them, that cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism in which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand and on my left is not mine to grant. But it is for those whom it has been prepared. And when the ten heard it, they began to be indignant at James and John. So we have the disciples, which I love this story in the scripture. It just tells us that the disciples were human. And so what's happening with the disciples? Well, James and John, they wanted to be in charge. And then the other ten... There's two things. They're either mad at James and John because they asked first. And they didn't think of it. Well, we want to be in charge too. And so they're mad at James and John. Or they're mad at James and John thinking, man, these two aren't qualified to be in charge of anything. 
And Judas is probably thinking, I need to be in charge of the whole thing. And so there, there's a fight here between all of the disciples. Verse 42. Jesus called them to him. So in other words, he's like, guys, 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 come here. I want to tell you something. He says, you know that those are considered rulers of the Gentiles, lord it over them. And their great ones exercise authority over them. See, what they're asking for is we want to be in charge. We want to tell other people what to do. Lord it over them. This is what he's talking about. That this is a, this is a very specific way to operate when you have authority. You're just going to lord it over somebody. And, and we could talk about that. Leaders of countries and history. We could look at this idea, this notion. But then he says this in verse 43. But it shall not be so... Among you. Among you who? Among the disciples. You remember what Jesus said last week? This is what I want us to be known for. Talked about love. And then he says to his specific disciples, and then by extension he's saying to us, this is not how I want you to operate. This is not how I want you to think. It's not going to be like this with you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. Whoever is going to be great is going to be the one that serves. Whoever is going to be great in the kingdom of God is going to be the one that says, I am going to serve. I'm going to serve the people around me. This is how greatness is measured in the kingdom of God. Not about titles. Not about, hey, I'm just checking. Am I in charge? I'm just, I just want to know, do I have authority to do this, do this, and do this, and do this? No, it's a different way of measuring leadership. The greatest among you is going to be your servant. It's going to be an attitude of the heart. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. And to give his life a ransom for many. So why did Jesus come? Jesus came to serve and not to be served. We are in his family. That love is the thing that God wants us to operate with. But how is that love lived out? That love is lived out through service. And like I said, this applies to every arena of life. From home to school, where you work, the public sphere, and then here at the church family. That the greatest ones at the church, like we were just celebrating, are the ones that serve. Come early, stay late. And this is what Jesus is telling us. This is what he wants to be true in his family. Well, I, I didn't just come to be served. And see... Back to some other points that I made in this series, too. You see, if we make church all about consumption, we will never be satisfied. If we make being a part of the church family all about, you know, singing my favorite songs and hearing my favorite sermons, because of this notion and this idea from Jesus, we'll never be satisfied. If we never think of us, myself, okay, what can I bring? 
What, what can I bring to the family of God? How can I serve here? Simple words. How can I help? How can I help? This is the attitude that Jesus is celebrating and that he wants in his followers. <coughs> Philippians chapter 2 verse 3 says this. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus has. Or had, rather. That when we serve in every area of life, we are expressing Christ-like character. And I said at the beginning there, the idea is the decision. The idea is when I take my gifts and talents because you have them. When I take my abilities and decide to be faithful with them. When I decide to take on this attitude that we see in Jesus. Jesus, think about who Jesus is. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Savior of the world, the Son of God. Could you think of any more authority or power? or wisdom, or qualification, and what did he come to do? I'm here to serve. We're going to skip down, guys, to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 says this, For you are called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Through love serve one another. That we have this opportunity to serve each other. When we show up and we gather together, we get on a city team or we get in a city group. Gather together on a side. Well, we're free. We're free in Christ. But we're going to use that freedom to do what? Serve one another. Now, we think about this too. When we serve each other, by extension, we're serving the city. Because the people that we serve live in the city. And then when we create an environment of serving, people who show up, who are part of the city... That maybe are far from God. Man, we are serving each other. And we're serving somebody that's far from God. And that's so much of what we hear. So many times when we get comment cards or testimonies or something, people say things like this. Man, I showed up at your church and everybody was so welcoming. They were just so nice. And that was before they heard a, heard a song. Before they heard me speak. Their comment was about someone who showed up and said, you know what, I'm here to serve, that Jesus has set me free. And so I am going to take this wonderful opportunity to serve. So what do we say about what we're talking about today? We're not, there's no, there's not guilt zone, right? Come on now, are you with me? I'm, like, I'm, I'm sensing guilt in the room. You're battering me down, pastor, with these scriptures. You're not giving me any options. I'm lowering you. I get it. I'm creating a good argument. I get it. But like I said at the beginning, listen, I understand. There's seasons of life where it's, where it's not, you, you can't for a thousand different reasons. I get it. I'm t- reasons are good. Excuses aren't. <laughs> I'm trying to get rid of, rid of any excuses that you might have by inspiring you. But see, part of, partly what I know and partly what I have on my side is I've experienced doing this. See, I have the opportunity every week to serve you guys the word of God. 
See, when, when, when somebody comes up to me after the service and says, thank you for that message today, generally all I think is, man, all I do was read the word of God to them. I'm serving you the word of God, so I, I don't, I, I'm thankful when somebody says that to me, but I know that it is the word of God that makes the difference in someone's life. And so I have the opportunity to serve along with you, that we serve together, that we're serving so that people can be moved closer to Jesus, that somebody who already knows God can move closer to Jesus and somebody who doesn't can find out about Jesus. So all of the ways that people serve from the lobby to kids to this room, all of that serving makes a difference in somebody else's life. First Peter chapter 4 says this, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. I love that phrase. Not everybody's the same. Not everybody can serve in kids. Not everybody can serve in production. Not everybody can serve in worship. But there is somewhere for you to put your gifts in action to make a difference in someone else's life. Use them well to serve one another. God has given you gifts. This is a wonderful variety of gifts. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. See, and that's our expectation for everybody that shows up on Sunday to volunteer. And in fact, we as a staff, we gather together every Thursday and we pray for all the volunteers And we pray that God's grace would be upon you to be able to serve and to bless and to help. And this is our expectation. We're not doing this for our own strength. We're not doing it for our own purposes. We're doing it for the purposes of God. We're doing it with the energy that God supplies. And everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ and all glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Last verses. Now, I mentioned earlier about Wesley and his family. And, and see, this, this would be something that I would encourage as a dad. That really it would be great for families to serve together. Dad and mom, kids, hey, we're going to church this morning. And that today we have this wonderful opportunity that they have scheduled us, this wonderful opportunity to serve at church today. Not, I'm working at church this morning. Not that. We get to serve this morning. And we say this about church. We do baby dedication. That church is a family for your family. So specifically, even though it's not Father's Day, dads, I'm going to take a moment. Generally speaking, specifically in City Kids, we have more women serving than men. I would love to have some dads to go in there with their wives, serve alongside each other together, making a difference in the next generation. It's not a guilt call. I'm just trying to move you over that line. See, in the first 13 years of my ministry, I did student ministry.
And I can tell you that I know there's nothing, there's nothing greater in life than seeing a young person who 10 to 15 years down the road is still serving God because you took time to invest into them. There's nothing better than that. And I know it's busy. And I know you've got a lot on your plate. And I know there's a lot going on. But church is a family for your family. See, and God has given us this gift of serving. It makes a difference in someone else's life, but it actually makes a difference in your life too. Because it's yielding to one of the purposes of God for your life. There's nothing like serving in the family of God. First Corinthians chapter 16, Paul is celebrating one family here. And he says this, you know that Stephanus and his household were the first of the harvest of believers in Greece. And they are spending their lives in service to God's people. I urge you, dear brothers and sisters, to submit to them and others like them who serve with such devotion. Paul is by name mentioning this one family, this one dad specifically, who was among the first believers there at Corinth. And he's like, I'm urging you to be like them, that they serve the church with devotion. That they devoted themselves to the cause of Christ. Is that an amazing thought? That we can see this in the scripture. I, I'm very glad that verse 17, I'm very glad that Stephanus and Fortunatus and Achaeus have come here. They have been providing the help you were here to give me. You weren't here to give me. They have been wonderful encouragement to me as they have been to you. You must show your appreciation to all who serve so well. And so for all of you that serve so well here at the City Church, I just want to thank you. Thank you for your devotion to the cause of Christ. Thank you for your devotion to the family of God. It's making a difference in people's lives. That you come early and you stay late and you use technology and you serve kids and you spend time with teenagers. Man, I celebrate you like Paul celebrated this family. When we serve it can make a difference in somebody's life. When we serve, it can make a difference in somebody's eternity. What a wonderful gift. What a wonderful privilege. What a wonderful opportunity that God has given to us. Let's just pray this morning. God, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that Jesus came serve and not to be served. And God, we want to follow his example. God, we, we thank you so much for the ability to serve that the gifts and talents that you have given to us, that they can actually serve the needs of others. Lord, what you have given to me that can be a blessing to somebody else. 
God, we thank you for that wonderful privilege. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you need prayer or would like to share how this message has impacted you, please email info at thecitychurch.ca.